Hello and welcome to the 17th episode of the Leadership and Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and today I'm joined by the absolute brilliant Steve Turner. Steve is the Director of Lagging Aviation and Infrastructure and Airport Maintenance. So, Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's really great to have you on the show today. I really wanted to sort of delve into um, the how leadership has changed throughout your career and, and your views on leadership. And so also the sort of, uh, you know, you work in the aviation sector, um, which is obviously taking quite a hit at the moment with, with the current pandemic. So really wanted to understand from yourself behind, you know, what, what is it that uh, like they're doing around that? So, but can we start off really just by getting a, a bit of a background behind yourself? How it is you got into construction? Uh, what is it that led you on the pathway to, to where you are today? Okay, um, I, I've worked in present employer for 25 years in August. Uh, I started off as a graduate from university, uh, to got a degree in civil engineering. Uh, spent a fair few years bashing pegs and taking levels and setting out and uh, just generally over that, that years as the projects came on you took on more and more responsibility and eventually you get to the point where you're, you're looking after a couple of small businesses within the group so it, it, it's uh, yeah been an interest, interesting career so far uh, and I spent a lot of time working overseas working on aviation projects road projects uh, yeah so that's really about it from a career so far <laughs> And, um, you know, it's, it's always sort of been aviation then, mostly, has it always sort of airport related? The majority's been, yeah, probably 20 odd years that has been aviation airport related and then a few a few uh, road projects along the way. One, one in five miles from my house and another one in Jamaica. Oh, right. Which were, which <laughs> were two really interesting places to work for different different challenges, different, yeah. different uh, experiences. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can't ask you to to pick out one project that you you sort of uh, like the most because there's too many, I'm sure. Um, wh- which one would you say you probably learned the most out of? I think I think the the, the one where, where uh, and the colleagues always give me feedback on this, and members of the team, is the project in Guernsey Airport, which uh-huh. your company yeah. was involved in as well, Michael. Yeah. And, and and that was a that was a challenging project. Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot more than just construction to think about it was mm. it was logistics it was community relations it was social value sides to the project so yeah it, it was it was also one of the biggest projects i've been involved in so it was it was challenging from all aspects and it was one where uh the position i was in there was no one else to pass the problems to uh we were remote we were away from, from our headquarters we yeah. had to solve all the issues as, as a team and mm. I think that's the one I probably uh, learned the most on, mm. developed the most on. Yeah, and I, I, you had huge amounts of site set up and, and cabins where, where people basically stayed, stayed out on the island for, for many, many months. Yes, yeah, and that's an important point. It was, it was also you were responsible for the welfare of the workforce as well mm. and welfare of keeping them uh, fed, keeping them in decent accommodation, keeping them out of trouble, keeping them motivated in the project. So yeah, yeah. It, was, it was more than just construction. Yeah, I mean, you talk about social responsibility and, and community, and I think that's one of the things that uh, really stands out uh, for Guernsey for me, from what I remember from it. I wasn't too much involved in the construction, but uh, you know, I was sort of around towards the end and right at the beginning in the early days. Um, you know, the, the sense of that Lagan has and the importance around Lagan's focus on on community engagement and, and uh, 
social responsibility. I mean, how what what was the sort of key takeaways from sort of community support that you found at Guernsey? Because there's huge lorries going through very sort of small back roads and you know, a lot of disruption, travel disruption, all sorts going on. Uh, what did you sort of get? What was the biggest thing and the takeaways you can take from that? There's probably a few things, and, and as, as a company, uh, if we're honest, up to that point, we hadn't really focused much on social value because our projects were largely inside a fence, inside an airport, and whenever we were working, there was actually less disruption to the local population because there was no planes taken off. So yeah. this yeah. was different because we were actually right in the middle of the community. And I suppose two things you, you, you take from it that how would you feel if you had uh, half a million tons of aggregate being shipped past your house uh, 14 hours a day? So you, you put yourself a wee bit of the people's position. And the second thing too, and this is sounds, it doesn't, it's not meant to sound as selfish as it is, but because we dealt well with the community, my life, as the project manager was a hell of a lot easier mm. and the client's life was easier and mm. just made, made, made an awful lot of stress and complications on the project mm. by, mm. By, by taking that front-foot approach to uh, dealing with the local communities and mm. dealing with them in a way that was proactive and, and being honest with them as well that we made a lot of mistakes along the way we did a few things wrong but we were always open and honest about how, how, how we dealt with those mm. yeah and that's really admirable i mean i think it, it, knowing guernsey and likes of jersey the, the residents are very proud of their islands and, and very proud of the way they are. So a huge infrastructure undertaking on their island is a lot of change for a lot of residents. We know what the sort of change has effect on people. So certainly getting engaged with them and, and really sort of meeting that head on, I think, shows true leadership. I think that really shows um, huge amounts of community and, and, and engagement and support so that, that's really sort of amazing because I mean the, the just the lorries that are going on the roads are not typical Guernsey type lorries so the roads usually weren't up to standard you have to do sort of any road improvements whilst you were there yeah it, it was probably if, if I think about the, the interesting thing about the project was construction projects by the nature things go wrong and normally when something goes wrong you go through the process what you have to do but interestingly on, on this particular project when something went wrong you went through all the ABCs, we have to fix this, fix this, fix this. And oh dear, what about the community relations side of it? Because we had to tell people <laughs> that we'd done things wrong and, and, and some, of them, some of them were quite visible and you, could, you couldn't you could have uh, swept them onto the carpet. So it, it was interesting that perspective and say on the, the mass logistics, uh, we, we learned a bit working in communities and in some of our projects back in Northern Ireland and, and, and the mainland and it, it kind of helped but develop further onto this project and say that it was it was a key takeaway from mine was just how important it is to to deal well with the communities you're working in. Mm. And how much of a takeaway that is is working with Guernsey now in your current project or the, the projects you worked on more recently? Do you do you have that same sort of culture and that same sort of engagement now in in projects which aren't on an island and affecting the local environment as much? It, it's it, it's a matter of of, of when, the, when the project comes along cause they all have the really different pieces to it you have to develop uh, your plan on that. Some of the stakeholders could be as simple as the, on a project that we did at RAF Marham, is the people jogging around the perimeter track who were close to the works, those sort of stakeholders. So it depends on the project and you have to identify the key ones and you have to you have to make sure that you deliver the project with minimal impact upon them. Mm. I mean, I think that's really important and we can relate that to sort of the a day-to-day -day basis so always trying to remind ourselves about who are we building this for and, and who are we impacting and and sometimes the typical response oh the contractor because you know they've got to work out how to build it <laughs> no no we're not we're not designing this for the contractor or oh, the, the client well not quite the client you know 
you know, think about the, the you know, on the airport, it's a little bit more difficult sometimes, but think about the people that are going to be using it. You know, you talk about um, staff that are running, doing their exercise around the site and, and taking their views and opinions and values in, in, in consideration uh, goes a long way, I think, and, and really does, does help. Uh, and it actually helps the people working on the project relate to what they do on a day-to-day basis, why it's so important. Um, would you agree with that? Absolutely, it's 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 something that uh, over the last ten years is a big change in that. And even if we reflect back on on we mentioned a road project in Jamaica, you talk about social value there. Well, we were we were building a fifty six kilometre road from one side of Jamaica to the other across the mountains, and we we were dealing with numerous parishes. You were dealing with uh, everyone from uh, a yam farmer who's got some yams going the side of the road. And I remember on one occasion we dug a culvert and wrecked all his yams, and they have a different way of dealing with with uh, engagement in Jamaica. At that time it was it, it was it was quite a it was quite a, a testy place. But you realise that guy who was farming the yams that was his livelihood, and that was so so important to him. So you learned very very quickly that you had to you had to deal properly with with communities, deal with them honestly, deal with them respectfully, and, and realise that yeah, ultimately we're there to build a road. This road was for their benefit. But at the same time, you didn't want to have it destroying livelihoods and 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 wrecking how they, how they lived. Mm. That, that was that was effectively affecting his source of income and, and feeding yes. himself, being family, and you know, that. But equally, um, once you've helped him out and you built the road, that could probably improve his business, improve his trade potentially. So yeah, because there'd be more tourists on the road, there'd be more uh, business opportunities. So it was a long-term benefit. But at the same time, for the year we're building the job, he still had to feed his family and, and be able yeah. to sell sell his products. So. It was it was a very very quick introduction to me on 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 the on the importance of social value, and wow. uh, unfortunately that learning was by a lot of mistakes and a lot of <laughs> pissing off a lot of people. <laughs> no, I mean that's very honest of you and really uh, commendable. Is that I mean we we a lot of people, including myself, we learn by mistakes, and it's okay to make mistakes. But if you don't learn from them, you just keep making the same mistake. That's when it starts to frustrate people and and and. Uh, and and it, and I think you know it, what you're talking about is a huge topic in terms of just ethics, um, and um, you know it's very easy just to say, well, we're 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 here, we're we've got to build this, we have to build this, we're on a tight schedule, and I can't I couldn't care about your yams, I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah. But to take a different spin on it and to you know actually help, it's 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 ethical, it's it's um, engaging, and and um, all all you know their experience of wagon and and the construction. Uh, on that island is is all the better for it. Um, so, so whilst we're on the subject in terms of projects and sort of the aviation sector, obviously at the moment in the current pandemic, we're we're, we're experiencing uh, a fluctuation in in terms of uh, workload and the ability for clients to be able to um, do certain repairs, keep up in terms of maintenance. And I know that's a big sector of your business. So. On one hand, you've got less planes flying, so it's a prime opportunity to get out there and do any repairs that you can. On the other hand, you've got less planes flying, so you've got less income and less less ability to you know to, to, to fund those kind of things. How is Lagan sort of finding the struggles at the moment, and and how are you sort of meeting them head on with your clients? Well, on on the on the capital projects, I think the the, the realistic view there is that there's just no money to spend. People haven't generated money for a year, and you understand that as a business. What we've what we've really focused on, and we've we've got really good examples of it, is yeah, what are our clients going to need for the next three to four years till they recover? Because that's that's the period you're talking about, mm-hmm. and, and that's focusing on making the most of the assets. 
So we did a project recently in, a, in an airfield in, in, in Scotland where we went to the client, we talked them through uh, repair opportunities, how long repairs are going to last, what repairs we did, undertook the surveys from them for them, and we're doing that on, on an airport in the north of England at the minute. So what you're providing for your clients is some surety and, and, and uh, we would have expertise into what they can do to make their asset last longer. That's going to be the that's going to be the key for it for the next the next few years, uh, until they start generating revenue to reinvest in in, in large scale improvements. So uh, there's an awful lot of time and effort spent on that. And I think that's just uh, focusing our business and what our clients need at the moment. It's a little bit different on the on the defence works. It's a little bit different. That's uh, not quite business as usual. There are some delays on it. So you're just working with your with your clients. Their projects are getting delayed a little bit. You're having to be a bit more flexible. Uh, and, and adapt on that and then the other part of it is you have to uh what's the word diversify mm -hmm. so what we're looking at, at the moment is developing other parts of the business uh based on what we've done in our fields on our fields we manufacture materials so we're looking at material manufacturing opportunities at the moment uh general civils a lot of our aviation projects if you take for example guernsey or raf marham probably over half the value is civil engineering and sometimes quite complex civil engineering. So we're, we're looking to do that in different places at the moment until, until the aviation industry recovers. So it's it's diversification and it's trying to help our understand what our clients want now and trying to help mm. them get that in, in, in the sweat and their assets. Mm -hmm. and, and so what is their, what, what are clients of uh, aviation clients their sort of biggest need at the moment? Is it just buying time? Is that is that what the, the sort of biggest need is at the moment? That's, that's how it feels in the market at the moment. It's, it's just uh, and it's, it's very understandable. If, if I earned no money for a year, I wouldn't go out asphalt in the driveway or or, or upgrade in the garden. It's just, you just don't do that, and and because mm -hmm. uh, you don't have the, the finances to do it. So it's it, it's just keeping things, yeah, the minimal amount of maintenance mm -hmm. over the next over the next few years seems to be the the, the recurring theme. Mm -hmm. and, and and that in itself is is a, is a challenge as well because um, maintenance um, is is kind of. A double-edged sword you know you can put it in now and you hope to get sort of three years out of it but it's they're never really tested to that level degree you know and and a lot of it requires on what you're putting that repair down on if that's suitable yeah. to receive that repair so it's it's, it's quite a tough one and and uh, <laughs> i think a lot of my experiences once a repair goes in and it's seen as temporary it's probably still there 25 years later <laughs> holding 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 bits of the airport together and yeah and, you know, um, that's when major needs 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 to come in. So, no, I mean, that's really interesting, and it, and it is it is a tough time, and it's good to sort of hear how, how you're sort of helping out. We've worked with a few clients over the last year as well on, on uh, the, the cost benefits and, and and trying to get work done during quiet times, where because the cost comparable of a uh, getting six hours a night to do a project, as opposed to twenty four hours or twelve hour access, it is quite considerably cheaper. We have done that, but then. Uh, for a few clients, but the reality is they didn't have the funds, mm. and, and that's just just the nature of the industry at the moment. Yeah, I mean that 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 is the one thing that I suppose we, we haven't mentioned is that a lot of maintenance and major schemes at airports all done at night when there's either no flights or flu flights, and you can get get in and 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 do the repairs that are necessary. Um, but as I say, this pandemic does present that opportunity to you know if you have got flu flights during the day to to get in and, and, and do those repairs during the day, which has which has a dramatic cost on on the the actually doing the repairs. So yeah, I, I, I recall a few years ago that similar to this is when the the ash cloud, oh, yes. flights yeah, were yeah, yeah. 
it, it, it was a little bit different because there was a there was an end in sight for that, and we had some plans. Yeah. Right, let's change how we're doing this job. See what you can do. Uh, it, it didn't it didn't last very long. It ended up that actually quite thankfully. So it's, it's yeah. not the same impact as at the moment. Now I remember um, wishing to get some repairs done at, at Belfast um, during that ash cloud uh, yeah. point. But yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Um, so just to sort of bring this over to sort of leadership, then um, you've obviously got a wealth uh, of experience throughout your career and, and working from you know as you say hammering in pegs and doing surveying to now sort of running a running an organization how has your sort of view on leadership changed from from early days to sort of now and and how's that sort of grown and come about i think the the the, the how, how you've learned about leadership is, is probably important in this is where the really good thing about my company is that uh, when we first started out on the aviation we didn't have really really formal training plans or uh, yeah, there, there, there was it was a fairly fairly basic way of doing things, and that was great because you got a position where right all of a sudden you're a project manager, and you you'd saw how it had been done for the years before when you were doing your your apprenticeship on the way up to it, and suddenly you were responsible. And I think to me that's a big part of leadership is that you are responsible. You've got no one else who you can pass you pass your responsibilities to. You have to get things done. You have to either. Get your section of the work complete. Get your projects done, and uh, manage your business unit, make money, design your project, or, or whatever. So I, I've been in positions where all of a sudden you get the shiny, nice title of project manager, and it's uh, wow, I have to build this job now. <laughs> and uh, it, 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 it's it, it supplements or, 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 or like you, you do a small amount of leadership training along the way where yeah, you can read books, you get snippets from that. You go go to your courses on things like emotional intelligence and the like. But there's nothing's ever uh, ever replaced that just being in that position where mm. you sink. Or it's not quite sink or swim, but it's actually almost where you have to take this by the reins. You have to focus on it, and along the way, you've you've made mistakes and mm. you've done things wrong. You look back at some of the decisions you made and you cringe. <laughs> you look back at how you've spoken to people or dealt with people and you cringe because there's a lot of really good people that I've dealt with along the years, and I look back now and said, God, if I had done. X, Y, or Z a wee bit differently, that could have had a better outcome for them and me. We could have got the job mm. finished more efficiently or whatever. So it, it, it's been an evolving process. And I think, the, as we mentioned back on jobs, you still make mistakes, you still do things wrong. Uh, and a, a large part of the, the, the challenge in life is that you're always uh, chasing perfection. And, I, and more, the more I've gotten, it's taken me a long, long time to realize this because I'm a slow learner, is it doesn't exist. Mm. Uh, and uh, the key bit of leadership is you have to make sure that yeah things aren't perfect when they're not perfect be there to to help and guide and sort it out but at the same time uh don't be beating yourself up forever on bad decisions or, or, or mistakes and i think there's one of my ex-bosses had always had a great term that about the dog if the dog bites once it's it's the dog's fault the dog's bite twice it's the owner's fault so i was just saying that you can make mistakes but just don't do the same one twice uh, and thankfully, so far I haven't made too many twice. Probably haven't maybe got away with a few, but it, it's uh, yeah, it, 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 it's and that was the key bit about leadership for me was in the position where you just had to get things done, had to deliver, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's where I learned about it and continue to do that. Where uh, during the pandemic, different challenge. We didn't have the challenge of building projects because all our projects generally got stopped, cancelled, or or um, or paused. 
uh, we had to do that. We had to do things differently. We had to keep a workforce engaged. We had to keep people through furlough engaged and motivated. We had to go out and find work. So it, it was a different challenge, but it's one that, yeah, I'll touch wood, we're, we're getting get the point of it where, where things are starting to, to pick up now and jobs are starting to come. We had to keep everyone engaged and motivated uh, for a full year of really not doing an awful lot. And mm. uh, I learned from that about staying calm. Had to stay calm during this because it was it was it was uh, there was nothing we were going to change. All the stress in the world, all the sleepless nights was never going to change where, where we're at. We had to be honest with the people and we had to communicate to them what the plan was to try and get out of this. And it's it's gone it's gone as well as it could have been on that. Uh, it has been challenging because you're constantly thinking. Uh, we had a briefing with the team before Christmas. Things were looking better. Then you have a second lock or third. I've lost track of the lockdown. <laughs> third lockdown. Yeah. And it puts things back a wee bit because some of our some of our projects have got paused again. And it's uh, yeah, it's just it's like sort of trying to keep constant communication and, and being honest with people where things are going. Mm, mm. Whenever yeah. we're flat out building projects, I didn't have any of the challenge I had last year because we always knew that there was project A was being built, project B and C were being were being tendered, and we had a good success or a good chance of being successful on those, and, and things moved on. So yeah, it's been, it's been a different different set of challenges over the last year. Mm. Mm. I mean, I think what I get from that more than anything um, is that uh, leadership is something that just continually grows, you're continually learning. New challenges come along and then you've got to adapt and you've got to um, try and lead through those. Uh, and it requires different skills at different times, you know, very sort of situational. Um, and it's also interesting in the way you sort of explain it. And I think, of, you know, sort of doing doing something one way and realising that didn't work, I'll try and adapt to the next way. Very much sort of like myself, you know, sort of, new to leadership sort of making some big mistakes and realizing okay that's probably not how to get things done like going back and learning and researching it and 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 then speaking to you know people like yourself um this has helped me as much as i hope it helps other people learn that uh, it's okay to get things wrong you're expected in a way to get things wrong um but have you know feeling supported and uh, learning from the mistakes and not making the same mistakes again too many times you know that's yeah. just the key thing yeah that's 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 really important and i really do appreciate you, you sharing that with us um so i wanted to ask as a sort of um as we wrap this up a little bit is um the, a question that i ask absolutely everybody is what do you think is the most important aspect of leadership probably is what i've learned over the last the last while and last years is is setting the the, the Another ex-boss called it the, the direction of travel. Is always be clear on that and have that in place and be prepared to adapt it slightly, but always have that. Uh, here's where we're going, uh, rather than an awful lot of navel gazing or backward looking. I think that's important in leadership. Yeah, you learn your lessons in the past, but at the same time, your focus has to be where we're going, and that can be as simple as on a if you're building a project, always be thinking about the next phase of the works, how you're going to do that, as opposed to finishing off where you're going at the moment or in doing what I do is making sure that we have opportunities and and tenders and uh, turnover coming from different ways. But it's that sense of direction or direction of travel is is the most important bit. Mm. And what, what's the direction of travel for Lagan then? What's your vision for Lagan? It's it's getting to a point where uh, we don't have a, uh, our, our business was largely MOD in civilian airports. Uh, that's what we've done over the last uh, probably 10, 15 years, is to have a, a bit more diversity in what we do. Uh, so 
dipping into more general civil engineering, dipping into material supplies, uh, dipping into remediation, which we started to, we've done a remediation project this year, something we have never done before. So it was, it was cleaning up a site for a, for a property developer. So it's, it's having a really diverse business. And along with that is the focus of last year was growing our maintenance business. So as, if we go to a client, we can offer a lot more. We can maintain your pro airport. We can do your capital works in your project. And then hopefully that will apply to other clients in different sectors as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe the key, the key thing is be ready for the, the, the growth in the aviation again. It's going to come. Mm -hmm. it, history told, tells us that there's always be dips and comes. And it's making sure we still have the expertise and people who can do it. Because mm -hmm. it's very easy to get rid of your people. That's the easiest thing in the world. But to find and replace the brilliant people we have in our teams, it, just, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't mm -hmm. happen. Uh, it, it's years to, to, to build your team to, to where they are. Absolutely, cannot agree more. Yeah, I, I think similarly that's been our sort of main focus is, is is continually to grow the team, keep the team together, and 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 to be ready for when, as you say, that the uh, aviation sector picks picks back up again. Because when it will, it will. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be big. So, yeah. Well, this has been a real pleasure, Steve. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. And uh, yeah, really, uh, really thank you for everything you you, you shared with us. So, thank you. No problem.